Do you think current deep learning methods are more memorizing pattern than learning from personal experience when they are exposed to a new situation? Do you feel that with the current technology of deep learning, the startup can build application, can be skilled without having the resources of like Google or Amazon or Facebook, etc.? Um, that's a great question. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the, the discomfort that's being caused by some of the recent results from, from various large organizations that are, are just uh, amazing, but require absurd amounts of computation. I mean, absurd mm -hmm. in the sense that most people will never have access to that level of computation. And it sort of contributes to like kind of undemocratize the field. There's like fewer and fewer people have access to the resources to make like really revolutionary progress. And so of course that's gonna make people uncomfortable. Um, and so, um, but my thought is, if you just take a purely scientific view of this, like, like not, don't think about it personally, because personally I worry, like, uh, well, what happens to the, to, the, to the researchers who don't have access, that kind of stuff. But, but let's put that aside for a second and just think about this, you know, just purely from a research perspective. Um, from that perspective, of course we have to do these experiments, um, because we can't rule out the possibility that you do need massive computation uh, to achieve certain types of ends. Like that is just one possibility that could be true uh, among many possibilities that we have to entertain uh, as we contemplate like getting to ultimate like AGI. And and so we have to do this. Like there's there these organizations are not, in my view, doing something wrong um, to to push as far down that path as you possibly can just to see where it leads. Um, and it is it is showing. That um, that there are some surprises. Like as you scale, you, we are seeing things. I mean that that are that are interesting. I mean I, I'm not saying AI has been solved, and I'm not saying that other innovations are not necessary. But but certainly we're seeing interesting phenomena that, that we haven't seen at smaller scale. And so so I I'm, I think that we have to accept that this is just possible. That it's just something we're going to have to do. And yes, it is expensive. But what other choice do we have? I mean, look at the scale of the human brain. I mean, the scale of the human brain is currently beyond really the scale of any kind of supercomputer that anybody has access to, including these large organizations. But they're getting closer. Um, but if you need that kind of scale, I mean, it's not crazy to think you might, because that is the scale of the human brain. It's going to be expensive, obviously. Okay. Now, but having said that, though, um, the point, though, the, the, the missing piece that, that, give, that should give people some hope here that are, that are worried about just computation trumping all um, is, is the issue that I also mentioned that, that it may not be enough. Like, it may not be that, well, we can just, um, you know, increase by an order of magnitude every couple of years and, and eventually we'll have human-level intelligence with the same, same neural network infrastructure we have today. That may not be the case. In fact, I would be completely not surprised uh, if it turns out that that isn't the case, because because the other element here that matters is architecture and algorithmic infrastructure. Like those are not about the scale. Those are about how how these things work at the algorithmic level and at the architectural level. Mm. And there, I think there is still room for innovation. And the good news for people who don't have access to these massive resources is that many of those types of innovations can be discovered at smaller scales. I mean, I can still sit alone in my garage and think of something different about how to um, structure a neural network that could still be revolutionary in terms of enabling them to do things that they can't do now 
And in fact, it could actually make them be able to do those things at a smaller scale, possibly, mm -hmm. like with a better technology. And so there's still, I think, room for this kind of innovation. Um, so I don't think that this necessarily locks people out of making really brilliant innovations. I mean, think of some of the innovations that have happened, like simple things like switching from sigmoid functions to ReLU functions um, for the activation functions of neurons in an artificial neural network. But that kind of switch can, can be demonstrated, the utility of it, at least the interest of it, can be demonstrated on relatively small-scale systems that don't require millions of dollars to construct or run. And so more things like that could be in the pipeline. It's certainly possible. Um, so my view is, you know, let's let's just, let's do everything. You know, let's let's try to scale up. Um, we have to do that because I think it, the evidence is too great that it might matter. Um, but also, let's keep making these kind of low-level innovations that that don't require a gigantic compute to either conceive or even initially test. And then let's take those innovations and put them into these large-scale systems too, and see what it does to them. And there's room for all of that. And we should do all of it. And I do think that it's, it's a shame if some of this locks some people out, like the large-scale stuff. Obviously, large locks people out who can't do large-scale stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that's a shame. But but it's more like that's just how the world is. And, and it's not a moral issue. It's just unfortunate that some things might require large-scale. And it's going to be, I mean, if we want to make progress, we're ultimately going to have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah.